0: Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow, focusing on advanced manufacturing innovations, solutions and partnerships that exist in our region now and in the future. Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host for this segment. Today we are speaking with Tom Licks, founder and CEO of Cleveland Whiskey, a company that uses a proprietary process to accelerate the aging of bourbon from 6 to 12 years to 24 hours. Cleveland Whiskey also creates a series of unique finishes with wood such as apple, honey locust, and I believe pistachio.
1: Well, we've tried pistachio, yes. All right. Um,
0: Not traditionally used for barrel production. Needless to say, the startup is pushing the boundaries of traditional whiskey making. Uh, It is well into the commercialization process and is distributing in most of Europe and Japan and China. Tom directed the Center for Entrepreneurship and was faculty at Lake Erie College. He was also vice president of the Cleveland Lakefront Development Corporation before he came up with an idea to develop a patented technology that dramatically speeds up the process of H. Whiskey. He earned a doctorate in marketing management at Boston University, and more importantly, he learned how to make spirits during his Navy days.
1: that's correct right tom welcome to the show thank you i'm I'm happy to be here katherine uh
0: for those of our listeners who are not familiar how was cleveland whiskey founded and how has it developed as a company
1: uh you know that's sort of a long story but but let me give you the uh the impetus behind it the inspiration behind it i really i read an article a number of years ago about people entering the, uh, the middle class for the first time in in some developing countries like china and it talked about how people then sought out affordable luxuries. And as I read that more and studied it a little bit more, I realized it wasn't just affordable luxuries, but conspicuous affordable luxuries, things that they could share with their friends. Digging a little bit deeper, even though there's a very small market penetration of things like scotch and bourbon, I realized that those were starting to tick up. And a light bulb went off and said, wow, If if these emerging middle-class populations around the world start coming online, you will have a tsunami of market demand that traditional manufacturing processes will not be able to cover. You can't crank up production like cornflakes or computer parts with a whiskey. You've got to put it in a barrel and wait for six or eight or ten or twelve years very patiently to get the flavor that you would normally have in a whiskey. And I am not that patient a person and I don't think the markets are that patient either.
0: Mm-hmm. And. Uh you're dealing with some really high-powered disruptive technologies right. uh, to accelerate the aging process, and uh, that makes you a just-in-time manufacturer, mm-hmm. and compared Correct. to Kentucky distillers, I bet they're foaming at the mouth at this, <laughs> you know, at this
1: turnover. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. A lot of people talk about the accelerated process, but I think that's actually the least important thing of what we do. What this enables us to do is use woods that have never been used before to provide flavor to whiskeys. Now, up to 80% of the flavor in a whiskey comes from the interaction with the wood, and that interaction typically places, takes place inside a barrel, a barrel made of oak, whether it's a European oak for scotches and other whiskeys, or an American white oak if you're making a bourbon, but it's all from oak. And if you're getting up to 80% of the flavor from the same sort of wood, that means most of those whiskeys are, are pretty similar. You know, From best to worst, there's a lot of similarity there. Um, there are beautiful woods out there like black cherry wood and hickory and sugar maple woods that we're using now that if you made a barrel out of them they would leak like a sieve mm. so nobody's ever done it that way but we have the capability to get all of our flavor from the wood no sugar no syrup no artificial uh, flavor or color all of it's coming from the wood it's all natural and you've got a range of flavors, like a, like a an orchestra playing a symphony. It's amazing the sort of flavor you can get from these different woods.
0: And you're just completely exploding the flavor profile of. Burma. We
1: really we really are. You mentioned pistachio early. It's one of the woods that we've experimented with. But you know we've tried uh, uh, peach and walnut and and we're working. You know we're we're producing and selling the woods like hickory and sugar maple and apple and even honey locust that you wouldn't expect to use as a as a wood for. Uh, a whiskey, but we can use those and find some really exceptional and different experiences in those flavors and aromas.
0: Uh, during the conversation we had earlier in the year, you mentioned uh, beginning the process of filing patents and then deciding to go the trade secret route with right. Coca-Cola. And what And is the import of protecting the innovation used for your products?
1: Well, I mean, it's pretty important for us as a company, obviously. And, and we do have one patent that we filed, but we must, I, I must admit we've gone pretty far beyond that in terms of our technology. And uh, at least for the moment, we're sticking to very closely guarded and carefully protected trade secrets. That seems to uh, be working well for us. It certainly worked well for Coca-Cola for a long time. And uh, I think we'll stick with that, at least for now. Um, And as long as we're making everything right here in Cleveland, that really does make sense. If we wanted to license it out to other countries and other manufacturers, we'd probably have to use patents. But right now, we just plan on making it here and growing here from Cleveland, Ohio.
0: And that brings up my next question. Why Cleveland? You could go anywhere.
1: (laughs) You know, actually, that's more of a personal story. It's really uh, my mom was born and raised here in Cleveland. Uh, She moved back here about 11 or 12 years ago. I had never lived here in Cleveland. Uh, She got ill. My wife and I had a chance to come out here and care for her. Uh, And while we were living here, just realized what an incredible place it was. I mean, it's it's beautiful for entrepreneurship. It's very supportive. uh, Lots of resources. You've got educated workforce, both blue collar and white collar. You need them both. You've got, you know. Industrial buildings that were made for other purposes, but now they're being used for new technologies and new companies. Uh, We've got a great fresh water supply. I mean, there's just a lot of good things going on here. And I've I've had businesses in Boston and Seattle and Denver and uh, uh, Cleveland ranks right up there. It's a great place to be.
0: And evidently access to different woods. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. Right now, actually, all the woods we have in production are woods that we get right here in Ohio. It uh, doesn't mean we won't. You know, we're we're having some woods from South Africa brought in. We're yeah. getting woods from other countries, uh, and certainly experimenting with them. And we'll 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 see. But um, you know, I'm a big I am a big believer in global trade, and I think it's great that we can make products here. But I think it's also good that we can buy products from overseas and other places. And as long as we have a good free exchange of goods, I think that's that's great. So we'll make our bourbon here and hopefully ship it around the world. And then if I need to get wood from South Africa or get something out of Japan, that's all well and good.
0: Oh, that sounds like an amazing way to grow. It is. Yeah. So, what partnerships in the region have bolstered you? And we've talked about that before. But uh, you know, to give, to begin the the process of developing the company, you know, who did you rely on? I mean, including academic partners and and others.
1: Well, we've uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had uh, the president here visiting, and he talked about the public-private partnership that we had, which was which was important. We've uh, gotten some funding from the county, from the city, from uh, the Lorain County Community College Innovation Fund. All of them have been our partners in putting this together. We're here at an advanced technology incubator in Magnet uh, Manufacturing Advocacy and Growth Network and they are, uh, They're phenomenal, they have great engineers here. I use them all the time, and they've really helped us develop the technology. We keep improving it. I mean, the whiskey we make here today is better than what we made six months ago. That was better than what we made six months before that. And a lot of that is because of the people we work with, both my employees, of course, but also the outside resources that we use. We, you know, and then we buy things from, you know, local uh, box companies and, and uh, certainly get support from from a lot of other uh, firms in the area. We do partnerships with craft breweries. There's a maple syrup company we work with. Uh, it's, it's just, I mean, it is really a community here.
0: And you also took advantage of crowdfunding
1: as well. Uh, we did so recently uh, last summer when the rules changed. We did a Title III funding, uh, and uh, it was a, it certainly it was about raising some money, but more importantly, I wanted to give the opportunity for our customers to also become our owners. So we had 951 of our customers, really from around the world, buy you know shares in this company. And uh, I think it's phenomenal that it's like they're, they were already excited about the company and what we did. They were our customers. And now the fact that they are, they are owners as well. I, I think that's just, it's a win-win for everybody.
0: Yeah. It looked like you closed that up in record time from yeah, we the did, campaign. We, we
1: did pretty well. We raised a little over $700,000 um, uh, and we've just got a, a wonderful group of people out there who support us, who advocate for us. I know that we're in some new retail chains, uh, Uh, You know, there's a new retail chain in upstate New York because of an investor from Syracuse, New York, who went in and talked to them. We're talking to a new distributor in Paris from somebody in Paris who bought some shares in us. Uh, You know, and, and we are always getting... Uh, you know, notes or emails from people saying, hey, I'm a small shareholder. I went into a restaurant last night. They didn't have your product, but I told them they really should get it and I told them all about it and I'm going to go back tomorrow and take them a bottle so they can sample it. I I, I just, I couldn't ask for more. You've
0: got built-in brand ambassadors. Yes, it's wonderful. It's really good. Uh, Not many business owners can say that they have a PhD uh, and, uh, and have directed an entrepreneurship center. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background leading up to Cleveland whiskey?
1: Oh, it's, it's a, it's a wild and varied one. I've, I've done a lot of things you mentioned, I, I spent some